Broadcasting from Alito to Alton, from Champaign to Chicago, and from Robinson to Rockford, this is the Sports Spectacular, powered by IlliniGuys.com. It's week four for us, game three for the Illini. Hold off on the chips and dip until halftime early start for this one. And the Illini guys, well, we're all for it. Larry Smith, Brad Sturdy, Mike Cagley. As always, we've got them lined up for you. The voice of the Illini, Brian Barnhart, standing by in our newsmaker line. We'll talk to him in a few moments here. Illini guys, football writer and analyst Matt Stevens stomps in a bit later in this hour to break this one down for us. And and talk about what went wrong against UTSA. Yeah, we'll put that one uh, to bed before we move on. Fellas, you know, I really wanted this one against the Roadrunners, if, if for nothing else, because 2-0 and looks better than 1-1. and yeah, You definitely got excited after you beat Nebraska, and you feel like, oh, it's just Texas-San Antonio. You should always beat them, but it turns out they're pretty good. And so it's funny how if Illinois had probably beaten Texas-San Antonio lost Nebraska, people would be like, oh, well, that's normal. You know, they're right where they should be. But they beat Nebraska. They're actually better. That's better. And losing the UTSA, who turns out they're pretty good. So, but you know, we as fans, we get a little excited sometimes, and and maybe a little reactionary. I, first time I've ever heard a fan base doing that. But yeah, fan bases get reactionary, and, and I got to be honest, I get reactionary watching the Illini guys MVP Larry Smith here. He has kept on the Busey Bank newsmaker line. He has kept four guys on hold. He's kept Brett Bielema on hold while we talk. He's kept Brad Underwood on hold while we talk. He's kept Josh Whitman on hold while we talk. And now he's keeping Brian Barnhart on hold while, he, while we talk. Larry, Larry Smith is the one that I'm going crazy over as a fan. <laughs> That's a power, baby, right? <laughs> Boy, I'll tell you what, that is incredible. Well, well, yeah, well, hopefully Brian holds on. Uh, we'll, we'll make it past he get to it. I guess we got a good precedent with that. You know, nobody uh, likes a loss, and that includes Brett Bielema, one of the guys who didn't mind holding on the line, on the newsmaker line. Uh, here's the coach on his and his team's approach coming out of Saturday night. Obviously, the result on Saturday night wasn't the same, but uh, the effects of what we have to do on Sunday are exactly the same. So, um one of the things I encouraged them is, you know, I thought after um, after success, they, they had open ears and had a good week of practice. So after defeat, they had to have the same same process um, uh, to move forward. I'll tell you what I like the best about Coach Bielema is it really seems like he's incorporating a lot of these lessons that he got from the NFL and things that he got from Arkansas. So I really feel like the team is going to be in a good place. They've got a challenging foe this week, but I really think he's going to do his best uh, to get this team prepared to play on the road. It won't be easy, but he's got a lot of tricks to pull from. I've been coaching for a little bit and we always have the same mindset, you know, next play mentality. The most important play is the next play. So you have to learn from it. And you got to move on. Um, so although as fans, we can sit there and we can, you know, drown our sorrows, they got to play the next game. So there's no, uh, they got to get over it really fast and have a short memory and get ready for Virginia. Yeah, and that's the thing. You're exactly right. You've got a, a tough um, opponent now in a, in a place that, to play that Charlottesville is no picnic. Um, let's keep that in mind. I mean, it's, it's, it's not Clemson, but this is a program and, and their head coach, Bronco Mendenhall, that um, guys you know as well as I do, um, that's, it's going to bring it um, uh, in this game. Yeah, Virginia's good. I mean, uh, you know, a couple of years ago, they won their uh, division 
uh, in the ACC. And obviously, I, I think that's a crazy division. I think they had seven different winners over seven years is what I heard over, over a seven-year period. So it's up and down. But Virginia's there, and he's planning on being at the top of that division. They feel like they've got a good shot. And again, maybe there, maybe North Carolina was favored. Now Virginia might be the top team in that division. So, uh, of course, they did play William & Mary. How good? I don't know how good William & Mary is. But, but uh, it's going to be a tough test for Illinois regardless. Yeah, cool Illinois is going to have to go out there and fight against a team that is uh, very similar. A lot of times I look at Virginia's academics and I look at their athletics and I think that they're, a, they're where we, you know, the University of Illinois is kind of shooting for. And so it's kind of like a battle of uh, similar universities. Let's see if we can put a W up this year. And orange and orange too. Exactly. I noticed that. <laughs> And we were talking about nothing it. gets by Mike Cagley. Nothing Absolutely gets by him. nothing. <laughs> we were talking about, uh, yeah, all during this week, how uh, any Illinois fans there will be hard to find because um, everybody, both schools have these almost virtually, almost exactly the same colors, uh, same tones and everything. Well, we've got uh, lots more to talk about as it is another crucial Saturday upon us for Brett Bielema and the Illini football team. Uh, aren't they all again? Two and one is just such a far cry from one and two. We're going to get to so much more here in the next hour. The voice of the Illini, Brian Barnhart, is up next. You're listening to the Illini Guys Sports Spectacular. Planning to repair or upgrade your home or place of business? Whether it's a leaky roof, windows, or door, worn-out siding or paint, outdated kitchen, bathroom, or basement, look no further than HX Home Solutions, your one-stop shop for remodeling inside and out. Trusted by Chicagoland since 1950, find out why HX gets an A-plus rating by the Better Business Bureau. Call today, 224-880-6000. That's HX Home Solutions, 224-880-6000. Mention code NCAA and schedule your free estimate. Once again, 224-880-6000, HX Home Solutions. Glad you're with us on the Illini Guys Sports Spectacular. Another football weekend is here. Illinois setting their alarm clocks for a 10 a.m. Central Time kickoff at Virginia. And the man who always answers the bell joins us now on our Newsmaker Line, presented by Busey Bank, the voice of the Illini, Brian Barnhart. Brian, thanks for coming on the show. Hey, no problem, Larry. Good to be on with you and the Illini guys. And uh, yeah, it is an early start, isn't it? Uh, we're trying to remember ever a 10 a.m. start Central Time and <laughs> We can't come up with one. <laughs> yeah, I can't think of one uh, at any time other than you know, Pee Wee League way back in the day, right? You, you know, you and I were talking just prior to the Nebraska game a couple of weeks ago. H has it really been 20 years in the Illinois booth for you? That, that just doesn't seem possible. Yeah, it, it went really fast. Uh, I kind of gauge it by uh, my daughters. When, when I started doing the games, my daughters were three and a few months old, maybe a year old. Uh, and now my oldest daughter got her master's degree from the University of Chicago, and my youngest daughter is a senior at the University of Illinois. So uh, that just kind of marks and tells you how fast it can go. And uh, yeah, 20 years has gone by really fast. Uh, a lot of great moments, some tough times uh, along the way, but uh, you can't beat this. You know, you guys know this and you know this, Larry, being in the radio and TV business. Um, it's a great way to make a living. It really is. Uh, it's a lot of work and a lot of preparation. But uh, doing the games or being around sports, I mean, I always tell people um, in my job, you get to go to every game, they give you a really good seat, and they pay you to sit in it, and uh, you can't beat that. Well, I'll tell you, Brian, you grew up in the area, and 
it must have been amazing to come in and replace a legend like Jim Turpin. What was it like when you were actually there to listen to him become a legend and then you follow in his footsteps? Yeah, it's it's funny because I go back even further than that. Larry Stewart, I grew up a little bit to Larry Stewart doing some games at one time. Dick Martin did some. If you remember, they had multiple networks uh, for the Illini Sports Network. In fact, anybody in any town could do the game back then before anybody had the rights exclusively. But, yeah, I grew up listening to uh, Jim Turpin in particular. And um, I can tell you that uh, when I got back from California, I'd been out doing the, the Angels games for a couple of years in Los Angeles. And got back, and uh, I had to fill in for Jim in the first game of the 2000 season because he couldn't travel that particular game, and it was out in San Diego State. And I was really, really nervous. Uh, Two (laughs) reasons. One, I hadn't done football in a couple of years, so I just was a little worried about that. And two, I wanted to do a good job for Illini fans. I knew that the job that, that Jim Turpin had done all those years, and frankly, I didn't want to blow it. You know, I didn't. I wanted to represent. Illinois and the football program and the radio station and the network and not uh, and not you know drop the ball so to speak on that so that first game I was really nervous plus I was working with Jim Grabowski that first game that was intimidating in itself Uh, but then you know as time has gone on obviously you get more comfortable and you settle in and and then when Jim retired after you know his final season then I felt ready to go and I felt a lot more comfortable. So let's let's switch gears. Talk about this football team a little bit. They're one and one heading into the Virginia weekend. So what's been your take so far on this team? Um, just a couple weeks in. Well, you know it's funny because uh, they warned us, and, and you guys have been around, uh, Brad, and the media. I mean, uh, Brett Bielma and coaches do this a lot, but Brett Bielma particularly said the UTSA game is really a dangerous game. So I wasn't surprised a that it was close. Um, you know, a couple of plays in there the punt that hit uh, Kirby Joseph at one point uh, I thought was a big momentum swing you you know you came down to the last play of the game you probably shouldn't have been in that position Um, you know I like the team I like what Brett Bielma's done I thought the first game was uh, spectacular in the sense that not just that they won and who they beat and it was division game but in the sense that there were very few penalties there weren't a lot of sloppy play usually in that first game you get all kinds of mistakes I thought they were pretty disciplined I thought they played pretty well. They made Nebraska pay for their mistakes. Um, but in the, in the case the other night, it was a little worrying, you know, that um, San Antonio in that first half especially was able to complete so many slant patterns. And I thought they adjusted well as the game went on. I think they kind of figured that out over time. But, um, you know, the fact that they lost, I guess, was disappointing. Uh, was it a total surprise that they lost? No, not based on what, and I had studied uh, UTSA enough to know that, they had the potential to, to win that game over Illinois and, and uh, really came down to a handful of plays throughout the game. So I don't know. You know, I, I was hopeful they'd be 2-0, and obviously, as an Illini fan, so to speak, as the voice of the team, but uh, realistic enough to know that uh, maybe that wasn't going to happen. But, you know, I think they've got a lot of experience. I think uh, I do think Brandon Peters, if he can come back, I think that certainly helps. You know, you got to remember they didn't have Chase Brown the other night. Uh, they didn't have Chase Hayden. Uh, they, you know, Keith Randolph got knocked out of the game early. Uh, and so they're missing some key guys along the way, too, that kind of added up uh, during the course of that game. So it's probably too early to make a I know as fans, we tend to go like, oh, my gosh, they lost to UTSA. How many games are they going to win? I don't know if you can do that with this particular team. So it's still pretty early on that. 
Yeah, game 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 two, just two games down. <laughs> Voice of the uh, Fighting Line, I'm Brian Barnhart here in the Newsmaker Line presented by Busey Bank. I want to certainly follow up on, on Sturdy's question a minute ago. Uh, we asked this of Josh Whitman last week here on the show as well. What makes Bielema unique, in your opinion, from past Illinois head coaches that you've covered? Well, I think, and I, this is my sixth, by the way, uh, that, I've, that I've had. They're, they're all, and I think the other guys, or our line guys, they all know this. Coach, football coaches are all wired kind of the same. But there's also little variations, little wrinkles that they have. And I think a couple of things with Brett that make him a little different. One is he grew up in Illinois. So I think he understands Illinois. I mean, he was a hog farmer in Prophetstown. I mean, he, I think he gets the whole uh, downstate agriculture type feel. He's a pretty down to earth guy. I mean, Ron Zook came from Florida. He had not really been here. Uh, Lovey Smith, of course, coached in Chicago, but had been in the pros all those years. So as someone who, came in as a college coach had won at a high level at Wisconsin, won a lot of games at Arkansas, even though probably not enough uh, to satisfy the folks in Fayetteville uh, and gained some extra experience with Belichick. And you think about the people he's worked with Belichick and uh, the coach out at K state Snyder. He played for Hayden Fry, worked for Kirk Ferentz, he worked for Barry Alvarez. He certainly has a Midwestern pedigree. He has a big 10 pedigree. And he knows and understands the state of Illinois. So I think he kind of gets it. I think he's probably, of the guys I've met, he's the most detailed about everything surrounding the program. You know, the first thing, you know, when we talked this summer, he said, hey, Brian, what do I need to wear to the coaches show? Do I need to be casual or should I wear a tie or can I bring my wife or, you know, I mean, and it wasn't so much. I didn't sense he was like trying to manage everything as he was trying to learn and incorporate it for the overall uh, selling of the program in all phases. And I even, you know, even down to the details of the radio show, which um, I, other coaches haven't necessarily wor worried about that. You know, they know they're supposed to show up at seven o'clock on a Monday or a Tuesday or a Wednesday night and they get the show done and they go on with their, with their things. I, I've just been impressed with him, his attention to detail. And I think he's a really good teacher hearing from some of the players. Um, he's been very, um, I don't know, very good at teaching them different things they hadn't thought of. And we talked to Luke Ford on the radio show a couple of weeks ago, and he was specifically mentioned that. So I think that's what makes him a little bit different. They're all, it's kind of all the same, but they've all got their little um, variations that they have personality wise and style wise. And, and I think Brett really fits the bill. I think he's the right guy right now for what Illinois needs in a head coach. Well, speaking about a coach who's got some coaching chops, uh, Coach Underwood obviously has the basketball team ready to go, and the season's just a few weeks away. There was a huge buzz around the program last year. Is it fair to say there's even more buzz around the basketball team this season? <laughs> well, I think the uh, the buzz probably intensified more when uh, Kofi said he was coming back. I mean, I think that took it to a whole other level. I, I think there were um, – a lot of us were surprised last year when Io came back for that third year. I think that was a real jolt of, of uh, lightning, if you will, to the of electricity for Illini fans uh, last year, and and that lived up to what we what happened last year with the number one seed in the NCAA tournament and all that happened. So, yeah, I think that if anything, the team's probably gotten deeper just through what happened with COVID, with the super seniors coming back. Um, you know, they added the freshmen who will see how much they get to play because I don't know where the playing yeah. time is going to come from. And then you've added the different guys that have transferred and, and into the mix. And 
So this may be Brad's deepest and uh, strongest team to this point and most experienced team that he's had. Um, just the shame of last year was there was nobody in the stands to enjoy. I mean, this team last year, the basketball team the Illinois had would have fed off the crowd and vice versa. It would yep. have been a love fest for about four months in the middle of winter, and we just couldn't have it last year because of COVID. So I think the, the fact that right now, hopefully, that we can have fans again uh, whether they're wearing masks or not, or whatever's going to happen inside the building. Talking with Brian Barnhart, voice of the Fighting Illini here on the Newsmaker Line, presented by Busey Bank. We'll take a quick timeout and more with Brian. You're listening to the Illini Guys Sports Spectacular. You're tuned in to the Sports Spectacular on the Illini Guys Radio Network. You have a lot to look forward to. Growing your family. Opening your own business. Retiring to travel. Leaving your legacy. Busey Bank is here to help you celebrate your life's milestones by putting your money to work with thoughtful advice, trusted resources, and proven results. Busey is proud to be the official bank of the Fighting Illini, a champion for purpose and progress since 1868. Member FDIC. I'm Morgan Freeman. I'm not a doctor, but I trust science. And I'm told that for some reason people trust me. So here I am to say, I trust science and I got the vaccine. If you trust me, you'll get the vaccine. In math, it's called the distributive property. In people, it's called taking care of one another. Get the vaccine. Help make our world a safe place for us to enjoy ourselves again, please. Good to have you back with us as we continue here on the Illini Guys Sports Spectacular, powered by IlliniGuys.com. Brian Barnhart still with us here, the voice of the Fighting Illini. Let's continue with Brian. They're doing full workouts right now with basketball, and word is they're looking really good, uh, as we would expect with a veteran team, a lot of guys coming back. Uh, what, what have you seen or heard uh, about anything that's going on over there at Oven, besides the construction, I guess? <laughs> yeah, can you get in the building? I don't know how to even get in. I mean, the... I drove by there on St. Mary's Road the other day, and it's like a fortress. You can't get in there. Yep. So, yeah, I don't um, – I it's funny because I've never been one to watch too many summer workouts uh, just because I don't know – I mean, I guess you can learn some things, but uh, some things I don't seem to – I don't really focus in on until they get closer to starting in October. That's when I, I start to pay more attention. But, no, I've heard good things about pain. I've heard good things that um, – you know, uh, Coleman Hawkins is getting better. I'm hearing about that. Um, I know that, uh, you know, they love the, the guys, you know, Goody that could shoot. Uh, they love the kid from Wisconsin. Um, I'm, I'm just hearing a lot of really positive things like that, um, that, you know, once they get all together on the court, that's the other thing is I don't know who's going to play when and how many minutes who's going to get how many minutes because uh, they're going to have to figure that out. And, you know, you think about it, and you guys know this. I mean, Brad had to he had three assistants he had to replace. You know, he's shuffling his entire staff, basically got shuttled and, and moved around. And uh, and yet, look how good they could potentially be. So I'm hearing a lot of positive things. You, you're going to expect what you're going to get out of Trent. You know what you're going to get with DeMonte. There's a lot of knowns that you're going to get. And hearing a lot about Hutcherson, how good he is and how good he's going to be. They've been telling me that privately for two years how good Austin Hutcherson is. And you're like, well, I haven't seen him yet, but they keep telling me and um, we'll see if that comes true. 
Well, I'll tell you what, I don't mean to put you on the spot, which is generally a warning for the fact that I'm <laughs> going to put you on the spot. <laughs> but Brian, um, you know, you think this team will have higher expectations than what they had last year? Oh, probably. Um, you know, I, I let's let's all say it. They won the Big Ten last year. OK, it's yep. what Michigan yep. says. I mean, <laughs> yep. and if I what the uh, what the asterisk <laughs> says, uh, I thought they had the best team in the Big Ten last year. They won more games than anybody else. So, you know, it's hard to top that and hard to top being a number one seed. But, yes, I do think the expectations are probably going to be different in a way that, OK, you did that last year, but you lost to Loyola, Loyola in the second round. So. Let's do all of that again, and let's get to the Sweet 16 or Elite Eight or the Final Four this time. And uh, you're going to have one of the most dominant players in the country in Kofi. So I, you would you kind of start there and then, and then go from the depth we've talked about, too. So, yeah, I think the expectations are going to be probably as high and probably higher for postseason based on who's coming back. So I, pro, this probably the answer to this is probably not going to be the UTSA game last Saturday, but I, but I have to ask, what's your favorite Illinois football game that you've called so far? Oh wow, in twenty years, um, well, I probably the Ohio State game in Columbus in 07. I we had a re, we had a good team. We played really well the week before. I think we I think we blew out Minnesota. Um, in the old Metrodome, I think, if I remember right. And uh, Juice Williams had a big game. And and so you go into Ohio State and you just kind of let it roll. Like, let's just see what happens. And, um, you know, as the game went on, we're, you know, Juice is throwing touchdowns. What do you have, four in that game, I think. And, you know, our defense is holding on. And and then you're, you're getting down to the end of that game and you're thinking, um, are we really going to go for it on fourth down at our own, you know, 30-whatever and the whole story with, <laughs> with, uh, you know, Juice Williams and Ron Zook and everything else that happened. And But we actually in Columbus, the, if you've never done the radio booth from Columbus, is really up like on a blimp. You're that high up. It is way, way up there. You're really far removed from the game. And so you you kind of feel like part of the game, but it's almost like you're hovering over the stadium. But the, the coach's box was right next to ours, Mike Loxley and his guys that were up there. And uh, we could, couldn't see exactly him, but we could hear them in those final moments as they were starting to celebrate. And uh, then of course, when the, when they were, you know, the game was over. And um, I mean, that was probably, you know, beating number one, beating Ohio state in the horseshoe for what it meant and ultimately led to the Rose bowl. But um, as it, I think that's probably the, the most exciting game I've called with what was on the line, uh, you know, calling a Rose bowl was really cool, uh, you know, against USC. Now the game was over you know, fairly fast. I mean, USC just ran away with it, but uh, sitting in that booth in, in Pasadena and looking out at the San Gabriel mountains and to your left, and I just, it was breathtaking that whole, that whole day. So those were two right off the top. The Wisconsin game two years ago was uh, probably right up there too. It was so spectacular because I don't know about you guys, but I, everybody I talked to, and I grew up here, I grew up in Champaign or near Champaign. So I'm an Illini fan, but even I'm like, well, let's just try not to get hurt, you know, against Wisconsin. They haven't been scored on. They hadn't been, they hadn't been touched. Nobody laid them like Mike Tyson in his prime. They hadn't, nobody laid a glove on him. And, and we're thinking, well, let's just get through this. And, you know, and as the game went on, it was like, well, Illinois is hanging around. And, and then Wisconsin's on this drive to put it away. And then they fumble. And then we get it back and we score. Mater Bebe with a great catch. And then the interception by Adams. And suddenly you're like, oh, my gosh, we might actually win. And, and then the kick by McCord, uh, which um, 
Martin O'Donnell will go down in history as the most excited uh, guy <laughs> ever in, in the booth. We were, we were all excited, but he was extremely excited. So that, those are probably a couple of the top games anyway. I, I probably don't even need to ask this question, though, because everybody knows this answer, I think. Maybe I'm wrong. Your favorite Illini basketball game that you were a part of. <laughs> well, yeah, well, the Arizona game. Yeah. Uh, it was easy. It was easy enough. Um, it, was, <laughs> it was so loud, and it was so cold in there. I, I, I do not know uh, what happened to have all that particular arena, which is a great old arena, but it was for an elite, an elite eight, you know, sweet 16 games. I'm not sure how they got it. I mean, it was old and dark and cold. It was sitting on ice. And uh, that game, uh, because we had been through so much, undefeated through 29 games, losing the last second at Ohio State. Bruce Weber loses his mom during the Big Ten tournament. We win the championship. We struggle a bit in the first half of the NCAA game, I guess with Fairleigh Dickinson. And then we go on and we beat the, you know, Bruce Pearl and all of that. And then you're playing a really good Arizona team. And, um, I mean, the place was just up for grabs from the start of the game. And then we get down 15, and I'm thinking during the course of that, how am I going to recap this season? What am I, what am I even going to say? And then suddenly we're down, you know, 15, and then we're down 10, and then we're down 6, and then we're tied. And then the whole thing with the last sequence. So by the end of the game, I was really hoarse. If you go back and listen to the, <laughs> listen to the tape of the game, I could barely talk. But, um, but it's still – it's for what was at stake that particular season – which I've never been in a rock band, but that's probably the closest I've ever been around a rock band. Um, it got so crazy that year that when we would check in by the end of the year, when we would check into a hotel on the road, they literally had to take them to the service elevator in the back because there were so many autograph seekers out front of the hotel and coach didn't want them distracted by all that. So we were like sneaking back up the stairs. And, and so that was crazy, but just to have that game crystallize that whole season, Final four was obviously great and fun. Uh, and you're sitting there thinking, wow, I'm actually watching this championship game that I grew up watching all those years in Tolono, Illinois. And, um, but yeah, that game easily the best. Oh, now I, I would have to say that maybe that team was the second closest to being next to a rock band. Now that you're on the Illini guys sports spectacular. <laughs> <laughs> oh, absolutely. Yeah. I got to hold off the, the guys outside the door here, you know. Yeah, <laughs> more more like the old Rolling Stones, like the seventy-year-old right. version. Yeah, when we're moving. Right. Yes. Yeah. Right. Right. yeah, we help get you under the the tour bus. So, uh, that, that, that ramps for us. Um, my goodness, great memories. And uh, thinking about two thousand five, and you're right, they were such rock stars. I remember um, being at CNN and having to call Bruce Weber for an interview and, and his wife, Megan gave me his secret cell phone number because he wouldn't answer his regular cell mm -hmm. 10 o'clock at night out walking the dog. like, Oh, Larry, it's only you. Let's talk. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> you just need to get away from whatever. So. Oh yeah. Yeah. He uh, was always really hoarse. And uh, yeah. they even had a, they had a restaurant in Chicago. I don't know. I forget which one that we went into. Um, I went into with a friend of mine, we went in and, and tried to, we we're going to order food and they actually had dinners. They had plates of food named after James Augustine, D Brown, Darren Williams. I mean, you could order your food based on what guy you, I mean, that's how big they were. So yeah. that was, that was really something. That was really cool. Well, it may be returned to that this year with basketball. These guys are uh, certainly already gained the popularity. Hey, Brian, we'll let it, uh, let it go there. Um, thanks again for your time. Good luck again with the rest of the season. And we look forward to talking to you again as we get uh, more toward uh, the end of the fall and into basketball season. And, uh, 
we enjoy, uh, we're going to enjoy this ride together. All right. Well, thank you very much. Appreciate being with you guys and uh, enjoy the, the rest of the show today. And uh, we'll talk to you again soon. Sounds good. Brian, Thanks, Barton, Brian. is the voice of the Thanks, fighting guy, uh, veteran guy, one of our favorites. And uh, we talk about uh, Jim Turpin being a legend. Uh, Brian, certainly in legendary status as well. No question about that. Hey, we're going to pause for a local break and then more sports spectacular as we count down to Illinois versus Virginia here on the Illini Guys Radio Network. You're listening to the Sports Spectacular, powered by IlliniGuys.com on the Illini Guys Radio Network. Now, let's get back to the studio. I was a little nervous that the Virginia game was going to be. Obviously, the Maryland game had already been announced on a Friday night. Uh, Virginia was our furthest, one of our further travel games. Um, uh, so I was a little nervous that it was going to be a night game, so I was actually excited. It's actually the earliest kickoff I've ever had as a head coach. It'll be 10 o'clock our time, 11 o'clock there, so... Um, uh, got a blessing in disguise there, but one of the advantages uh, to being in the NFL is we actually had to play Thursday night games uh, every year, so I've uh, been well-versed in, in uh, short week preparations. Coach Brett Bielema, familiar with the process of an unconventional week, and we've got two of them back-to-back. Saturday morning kickoff now, and then a Friday night game next week uh, versus Maryland. A couple of marquee time slots for the Illini early in the season. Illini guy, sports spectacular, Larry Smith, Mike Cagley, Brad Sturdy. Uh, a big shout out to our sponsors, Busey Bank, HX Home Solutions, Neon Rain, Sponsor United, just to name a few. We are very appreciative of your support. And to advertise, or if you have a question, be sure to hit us up, info at IlliniGuys.com. Yeah, the short week's an interesting thing. Uh, with the Friday night games in the Big Ten, this, you know, in the past few years, they've got these shorter weeks. It's more like what Bielema was used to in the NFL, as he mentioned. So I, I don't think it's going to be a huge deal, but I guess maybe it's good to have a 10 a.m. Saturday game if you're going to play on Friday night. You get out of there on time, and uh, maybe that's the positive to the 10 a.m. in the morning game. Yeah, the, the 10 a.m. in the morning, I have to admit, though, as a sales guy, traveling east means you're up earlier an hour than you expect. And then you're playing at 10 a.m. You know, I, I, it's one of those things that I would be a little bit nervous as a coach. And I'd really be pumping my guys up to get ready and be ready to play in the first quarter because I think the Virginia guys will be. Yeah, hence those uh, early wake-up calls all week long. Yep, <laughs> the past yep. couple days, you're right. Matt Stevens is a football writer and analyst for IlliniGuys.com. He joins us now in our Viewpoint segment presented by HX Home Solutions. Matt, uh, okay, let's start with UTSA, and let's get your thoughts. Well, I, I thought Brian Barnhart said it really, really well. This whole staff wasn't hiding the idea that UTSA was really, really good, and they had 20 seniors back. And quite frankly, Larry, I had a lot of concerns about Illinois starting out 0-2 if they lost the Nebraska game because I knew UTSA was a pretty good quality group of five conference opponent. And I knew that, okay, from a, from a leadership standpoint and from a veteran you know, leadership standpoint, they were going to be able to match Illinois. And I think what was shocking for at least Illinois fans was that at least at the skill positions from a talent standpoint, they also matched Illinois. And so from when you have all those indications and you're playing a whole bunch of seniors and super seniors like UTSA was, they're not going to be scared about going into Memorial Stadium and trying to knock off a big 10 opponent. That's exactly what they did. And I thought their game plan was excellent. And I thought once again, Illinois started out slow in the first quarter and it bit them. And, and it didn't bite them against Nebraska because the defense and the special teams held the fort. Well, the defense and the special teams didn't hold the fort in the first half. And you found yourself playing behind the sticks all game long, and playing behind the scoreboard all day, all day, all night long. And I thought Brett Bielema really summed it up quite well in that regard. 
Yeah, and I, I think the other thing is, is a lot of Illini fans, one win and their expectations shot up very high. And, and we're talking about a team that has struggled to put together wins against the small schools. And we're talking about a team that in the end has a lot of the personnel of a team that hasn't quite yet learned how to win. And that's part of what Brett has to do as the coach here. And so I was the same way as Matt. I heard, you know, you look at this team, once you start digging into UTSA, all of a sudden you're like, this is a trap game. And, and then you got the Admiral Akbar, you know, look out, it's a trap from, you know, you know, Star Wars lore. And I, I tell you what, that we have was, to have a sci-fi reference on every show. Every, what is going every, on? That was brought to you by George Lucas and our friends at Lucasfilm. Jeez. Thanks, George. Yeah. You know, Matt, I have a question. We've talked about this Uh, for my concern is the, uh, you know, we talked defense obviously struggle, but the offense putting up 35 yards in the first quarter, 33 yards in the third quarter, when you are basically scripting those plays and planning that, you know, after you make adjustments, is that a bit of a concern? It's a concern that this, I did this in my film review, Brad, that's up on Illini guys already on the site. It's a concern because the, because the plays weren't executed properly. You know, if you go back and you look at it, Tony Peterson really tried to get Art Sitkowski some confidence early on with some easy throws, and he just didn't make the throw. You know, he tried to get Isaiah the Williams the football, you know, beginning, middle, and end. He had 18 targets. But in, the, in those first couple of drives, right, we saw he tried to force the ball to number one. And UTSA was bracketing him and knew that that was going to happen. And guess what? Nobody else on the outside whose name isn't Isaiah Williams could get any separation for Art Sitkowski to feel comfortable throwing the football anywhere else. He tried to establish the run behind Blake Jer- from guard to guard, Jerisadi, Kramer, and whoever was playing right guard. And normally it was Alex Pilstrom who actually did a decent job. But the left guard spot was, was pretty terrible. And Doug Kramer got stood up a couple of times a lot more than he did against Nebraska's front. So um, everything that they tried coming out of, yeah, coming out of the game and then coming out of halftime, Brad, when, when you do feel like you're, you're trying to put something together, I think the plan was okay. The plan might have worked if the if the players understood where to go with the football and how to get there. That's that's not what happened coming out of the break. And it almost looked like, Brad, that this, this team, when they had to go to a panic offense, when they had to go to that four-minute offense and they had to go to that two-minute offense, they were almost doing better because it was almost like, you know, let's just wing this and see what happens. And, and, and oh, by the way, if we turn it over, we do it, okay, we were going to lose anyway. It was almost like they did better in that in that form of a form of a scenario than if you know they were really trying to get back in the football game or trying to give themselves some initial confidence and I I I don't put all of it on Tony Peterson I don't put all of it on Art Sikowski I don't put all of it on Isaiah Williams I I kind of put it all as a collective unit that they 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 just didn't they didn't show up at seven o'clock on Saturday when UTSA was ready to play football do you think they open it up a little more earlier this game will they do a little Try some different things. Maybe get Deuce Span earlier in the game going deep on something. I, I, I think they've got to try something new. I think they've. I think Tony Peterson's got to sit down with Art Zikowski and go, what do you want to run? What can you feel confident with? And I've got to give you multiple options to go through the progressions because it seemed like there were one-read throws, Brad, when they tried to throw. And the one read was probably to, to Isaiah Williams, and then when he wasn't open, there was nothing else to do. Um, so – 
Yeah, I think they've got to have a, a plan for Art that makes him feel comfortable. I think he's got to get on the ball early on. And honestly, they've got to establish a consistent running game with somebody really early on. And, and that just didn't happen in the first quarter. And it hasn't happened in the first quarter of the first two games, Brad, to be honest, because I think they've had a, a hundred total yards of offense in the first two first quarters and they've had no points. And it's, I think three completed passes in the, in that 30 minutes of play, that's just not going to get it done, especially on the road against Virginia. Senior, so you're talking with uh, Matt Stevens. He is the football analyst and writer for IlliniGuys.com and this viewpoint presented by HX Home Solutions. Uh, we're going to keep Matt here a bit longer. Much more on this next matchup, the Illini versus the Cavaliers. A quick timeout and more with Matt. You're tuned into the Illini Guys Sports Spectacular, powered by IlliniGuys.com. Planning to repair or upgrade your home or place of business? Whether it's a leaky roof, windows, or door, worn-out siding or paint, outdated kitchen, bathroom, or basement, look no further than HX Home Solutions, your one-stop shop for remodeling inside and out. Trusted by Chicagoland since 1950, find out why HX gets an A-plus rating by the Better Business Bureau. Call today, 224-880-6000. That's HX Home Solutions, 224-880-6000. Mention code NCAA and schedule your free estimate. Once again, 224-880-6000. HX Home Solutions. Are you tired of your website making your business look bad? Is your current web developer dropping the ball? Let's face it, if your website isn't making you money, it's broken. Let Neon Rain create a website that turns your visitors into customers. Neon Rain has worked with hundreds of businesses across North America, building custom websites and applications with modern designs that are easy to update and work well on mobile devices. They can do it for you too. What sets Neon Rain apart? They actually deliver on their promise. Call today for a free consultation, 303-957-3092. That's Neon Rain at 303-957-3092. Or visit them at neonrain.com. Paramedic, firefighter, police officer. Different job titles, one common goal, to keep communities safe. They all risk their lives every day responding to emergencies. Just because they accept their jobs can be hazardous doesn't mean they have to be. Is your workplace safe for everyone? Learn more about the Put Yourself in Our Boots campaign at ourboots.ca. This message brought to you by the John Petropoulos Memorial Fund. This is Brad Underwood. You're listening to the Illini Guys Sports Spectacular. Coach Underwood just weeks away from beginning his own preseason prep for the upcoming basketball season. Illini Guys Sports Spectacular continues now right here with Illini Guys football writer and analyst, Matt Stevens. Yeah, Matt, um, question for you. You know, you had UTSA kind of circled as a potential trap game. You were concerned about what they brought to the table. How are you looking at this Virginia team you know, after you've had a chance to kind of analyze their first game performance? I think it's a really tough scout for this Illinois staff, to be quite honest with you. Virginia just does so much crazy stuff on offense. If you if you start with the eye candy stuff that they do pre-snap, if it were a normal offense, where, I mean, they're gonna you're going to see guys in motion all the time. You're going to see guys, um, they're, they're going to do a whole bunch of just weird eye candy stuff even before they snap the football. 
Before that, though, they line up with some weird formations. I mean, Brett Bielema and Ryan Walters is not lying. It might be the more creative offense of any Power 5 conference team I've seen in a long time. Their leading rusher, Mike, is somebody who's listed as a quarterback right now for them. I mean, coming out of that William & Mary game. Like they, there, are, there are formations in which Rocco Mendenhall, their head coach, and his longtime offensive coordinator coming from BYU, with him from BYU, they'll line up with maybe three quarterback guys listed at quarterback in their formation. I mean, they, they, you have no earthly idea what they're doing and how, how, who to, who would identify. I mean, it's, it's, it was very easy with Nebraska. Hey, if we, if we control Adrian Martinez and we keep him in the pocket, we don't think any of their other skill guys can beat us with UTSA. Even if it was a halftime adjustment, it's like, Hey, look, if we take away those slants and we take away those, those dig routes, I don't think they can beat us over the top. And we got it. And we're still selling out for the run and this, this might work. For Virginia, they are so balanced and just so funky to 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 scout. And you got an Illinois team that's still trying to figure out what their identity is consistently on defense based off of the personnel that they're going to have from week to week. I think it's a really really tough scout. I think you could see a lot of big plays for Virginia in the sense that this is a team still trying to learn its defense, and especially in a tough environment. I could see Virginia, a much more veteran team, kind of using that to their advantage for some big plays, especially on offense. And then on defense, they're, they're really, really aggressive. And I think that they're going to come after Art Sikowski. And I think if Illinois doesn't establish a run game, Illinois' offensive line is going to have a really tough time blocking them. So that's, 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 that's the problem for Brett Bielema and his staff and his group right now is that I think there's they're going to see an, a Virginia team on the road that feels very, very comfortable being really, really aggressive and kind of turning it up to 11 on both sides of the football. Virginia gave up 304 yards passing a game last year. Um, that's kind of been one of their offseason focuses, and they've actually switched from more 3-4 to more of a 3-3-5 trying to address that. Does that possibly open up some running lanes? Um, because they have fewer guys up front um, by putting the fifth defensive back. Does that give them some options? Maybe get some running back and getting Chase Brown wouldn't hurt either. I, I would think so, Brad. I think that's what they thought they were going to get out of UTSA. The problem with what UTSA did was that they, they did a whole bunch of run blitzing in a sense where they didn't really come after art as much. They just wanted to plug the line of scrimmage and basically and, and close the edge and not let anybody get outside. I think Virginia is going to do, try to do the same thing. And, and, and I think, once they do that, though, Brad, on third down, they're going to pin their ears back and come after number nine if that's if that's totally in their wheelhouse. And that's that's partially, I think, why they're a lot better defense. They're less worried about getting beat over the top this year because they're just so they're such a more veteran team on that side of the football than they were the last couple of years. Um, and then you add all this up to the fact that Bronco Mendenhall is 18 and two in his last 20 home games at Virginia. So they play, they, they are real comfortable playing in Charlottesville. And I, I think that specifically that defense plays really a lot better at home than they do on the road. And so that's, that's going to be a problem for an Illinois team. Again, that just hasn't gotten off the, out of the block in the first quarter in either of its first two games really, really well. They're going to have to this, they're going to have to, this weekend, otherwise, I think I think Virginia could really boat race them early on, and I think it could get ugly. But I think if I think if Illinois can get off to a decent start in the first quarter, we, we might have a football game. Can we see anything of a two tight end offense? Seeing how our tight ends and Isaiah will uh, Isaiah Williams, you know, seems to be the type of guys who can make something happen, be difference makers. Will we see any of that offense maybe this week? better because I think Tony Peterson still wants to establish the run 
and I think Luke Ford and Daniel Barker. I, I think Brad, I, I think Mike, what you're going to see a lot of because I think it actually did work on Saturday against UTSA yeah. is you could see Daniel Barker in that H back role that he had last Saturday, where he's kind of going in motion a little bit and standing next to Ark Sikowski during a run. And then you run behind big 87, because guess what? On a lot of those, he was, he was basically blocking behind big 82 Luke Ford. So you better, because if Illinois is going to establish the run, they're going to need those big 12 personnel, two tight end sets. And I, I, I do think Brad's right. I, I think Chase, Getting the ch- one of the two chases, if not both of them back, helps out a lot. But you're going to need to help out that offensive line because I, I just I think from a size and a strength personnel, they, they need help in that big personnel. And, and quite frankly, Luke Ford and Daniel Barker can provide that help. Virginia made, uh, I guess, one of their weaknesses last year was they made some mistakes on offense. You know, whether it was uh, you know turnovers and things, just things that ended up putting them behind it kept them from being probably uh you know seven and three last fall as opposed to five and five is what they ended up so is that is that what illinois wants to do maybe maybe they try and force some mistakes they may give up some big plays but at least they can create some crumb havoc with some different blitz options different looks up front and will they have tony bennett help them with the defensive game plan because i think maybe that would work because he seems to not give up any points Shout out to my seventh and eighth grade basketball team at St. Jerome's at school in Oconomowoc, Wisconsin, because Brad, we had to do Tony Bennett drills in Wisconsin. <laughs> Tony Bennett dribbling drills in Wisconsin. Back in the um, but no, uh, I think you go back to the Nebraska thought about Illinois defense, Brad. If if Virginia's going to turn it to eleven, that means they might be going too fast, and then they might forget to you know carry the football the right way, and you might be able to get some turnovers that way. You also might be able to force some three and outs that way just because they're going too fast. And um, I think that's a big, big key is that if Virginia is going to turn up the tempo a little bit, that really hurt Illinois in the secondary last week against UTSA this past weekend. Aaron Henry talked to me about that specifically. Uh, Illinois' defense is going to have to figure out how to combat tempo and stay composed and understand down and distance throughout the tempo. And I, I think it's really hard for defensive players to master this in 2021. Illinois is going to have to do it on Saturday. But if they do, I think it, it's a very similar sense that Virginia might, you know, tempo themselves into maybe possible mistakes, penalties, and turnovers that could lead to Illinois staying in the football game. Great stuff. Matt Stevens, <clears throat> Illini Guys, uh, football writer and analyst. Always good stuff. And again, if you're not a member of IlliniGuys.com, uh, his stuff is worth the price of admission. Free seven-day trial. He'll only give it to you free for seven days. Then you got to pay for it because the man's got to eat. Hey, Matt, always uh, good to talk with you. Uh, we look forward to seeing your stuff um, uh, on the web all weekend, and we'll have you back here on the show next week. Not a problem. Have a good one, guys. All right. Thanks, Matt. Hey, coming up next, remembering the sports world 20 years ago. We're back after this. You have a lot to look forward to. Growing your family, opening your own business, retiring to travel, leaving your legacy. Busey Bank is here to help you celebrate your life's milestones by putting your money to work with thoughtful advice, trusted resources, and proven results. Busey is proud to be the official bank of the Fighting Illini, a champion for purpose and progress since 1868. Member FDIC. We all make more than 35,000 decisions a day. Most are small, but some can be life-changing. When it comes to taking care of yourself, the most important choices can be hard to make. Like having a tough conversation instead of ignoring a buddy's call. Or being there for support, not assuming things will just get better. Make the decision to be there for the veterans in your life, 
for your community, for yourself. Learn more at BeThereForVeterans.com. You know, we kind of, I think, knew that day that something probably was going to, you know, change uh, for that weekend uh, as it plays in front of us. I, I myself had a college roommate that I knew lived, uh, worked in that uh, arena, uh, so right away your thoughts went to those kind of moments. Um, and then shortly thereafter when the games were canceled, I, I just, uh, you know, had a variety of different emotions and things that uh, ran through your mind. You know, you're dealing with young kids. You know, at that time you didn't know what this meant in the bigger picture of, of uh um, global uh, politics and all that went into it. So it was really just a surreal time. Saturday, September 11th, 20 years since that 9-11 tragedy and Coach Bielema reflecting on what he was doing that day as an Iowa assistant coach back then preparing to face Iowa State that weekend, a game, of course, that was canceled as all sporting events were. Um, some of the players in this game, guys, weren't even alive uh, for 9-11. Yeah, that, that was an amazingly horrible day. I can remember calling my wife. She was at work. I was doing a meeting at home and telling her that something happened and literally watched the second plane fly in over Matt Lauer's shoulder. And uh, I'll never forget it. Um, what a horrible loss of life. Yeah, I was actually um, in school. I came into school. I actually heard about the first plane on the radio getting out of my car. I come inside and I told uh, a couple of the teachers we were, you know, monitoring the hallway and I go in my classroom and turn it on. And just like Mike, I saw that happen. It was probably the most, it was probably the day, you know, that uh, as a teacher, it was probably one of the toughest days I had because I had to sit there with students the rest of the day who were just completely paralyzed and, and they had no idea what to do. We had parents coming to get their kids. I mean, for me, it was just a, it was a crazy day as you're just trying to navigate this for yourself, but also you're trying to navigate it for, you know, at that time, you know, uh, 20 groups of 20, uh, at that time I was teaching eighth graders, um, 28 graders, uh, all day long. And it was, uh, it was very, very difficult. And it was, it was, you know, I, I just, you know, I, I feel terrible for all the people, you know, who had to endure, you know, real loss. I mean, I, I, li I was obviously from afar, but the people who had to really endure it, I, I feel for them 20 years later. I'm the same way that even now it's still, if you go up and see the, you know, the memorial and what they've done up there, they've done just such an amazing job. It's, um, it's eerie. A lot of emotions come out of that. I remember I was uh, driving from Atlanta to Nashville to play in Diamond Reels uh, celebrity golf tournament of all things. And I had, you know, there's that there's that area on I-24 between Chattanooga and Nashville where you lose like basically all radio service. So I had no idea anything had happened until I got to the golf course. And uh, the guys, uh, Marty, and the guys decided they said, "Well, we, you know, we are gonna we're gonna play anyway. Not gonna let them ruin our day after we delayed." And a lot of crying, a lot of praying, and um, we all just kind of came together. But um, certainly, again, we remember uh, this event, and uh, hopefully, this never uh, happens again. So um, certainly, a lot of. Uh, Commemorating a lot of memories uh, this weekend as uh, uh, the sporting world uh, certainly takes to the field. And um, our thoughts go out to everyone, all of our brothers and sisters out there still thinking about this. Uh, we will take a local break right here. A lot more to come. Uh, you're listening to the Illini Guys Sports Spectacular, powered by IlliniGuys.com. Stay with us.